Well, good morning, Grace people. Good morning to those of you who are watching online and to those of you who are joining in, in our fellowship hall this morning. I love the fall. It's my favorite time of the year, and not just because the weather turns a little bit cooler, which is a big benefit to this guy who has an internal thermostat that's a little on the high side, but also because it's a season of new beginnings, and I love new beginnings. It's the beginning of a new football season. It's the beginning of a new school year. It's the beginning of a new season of congregational life. And each one of those is something that brings me joy because beyond that, they bring me something very potent and powerful in new beginnings. Hope. They give me hope. Hey, you know, a new football season means the Vikings have a chance <laughs> just once before I die, Lord. A new school year means new experiences and learnings for millions of young people who will someday be our community leaders. That fills me with hope. And then a new season of congregational life means new opportunities to be and make disciples of Jesus. And we're kicking everything off today on this kickoff Sunday with a new sermon series that also typically begins in the fall. And we're going to be beginning in the story of the Bible from the beginning and carrying us all the way through to the end. We're in the second year of what we call the narrative lectionary, which is an opportunity to cover the full story of the Bible, the Bible's big story, so that we can keep being steeped deeply in this rich story of God's salvation plan. We want to be there each year. And each year there's a gospel that is focused on. Last year it was the gospel of John. This year it will be the gospel of Mark. So Mark My Words is the title of our sermon series that will guide us forward on this journey. And I look forward to going on that journey with you. And not only will we be preaching on it each Sunday morning, but our student ministries and our children's ministry will also be following along on the same pathway. We are aligned together, friends, to be able to move forward listening to this story, hearing it, letting it touch our lives, reshape us as followers of Jesus. Oh, it's good to be in a new beginning. So with that, we're going to jump right in to the very beginning. I invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Genesis. Genesis, which literally translates beginning. And we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2 this morning. So open up to Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 4 is where I will be reading from. And you can read along in your pew Bibles or on your phone or tablet or however it is that you have God's word with you today. Let's dive in, beginning in verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, where he put the man he had formed. 
The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden, where there was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pashan. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where it is gold. The gold of that land is good, aromatic resin, and onyx is also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all of the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of the man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. You may be familiar with this creation story, or... Perhaps it is new to you. But either way, there are some important details in this story that we must not overlook. First of all, the story of creation starts with God and not with you. It starts with God, and that is so important for us to be reminded of again and again. God loves you and cares about you, but he starts with himself, which is where he should start, because God is God and you are not. And to be reminded of this today, of all days, is important in a day when so much of our culture begs us to think about ourselves first. In the story, we start with God and God's creation. God, who is the author of life, doesn't begin by creating life. <laughs> Instead, he creates a framework where life can begin. Soil, water, garden. These are the tools. These are the framework, the lattice upon which God places life. And he starts by building this structure, something that is sound and strong to hold up life. That is where God begins and where we must begin too in recognizing God is God, we are not. And the point of the story at the beginning is always to look to him. 
first. Then creation is grounded in God, and you are grounded in his creation. You see, the story says that the man was formed from the dust of the earth. Now, in Hebrew, the word for man is Adam, which is where we hear Adam. That's the word, the Hebrew word for man. Now, the word for ground in Hebrew is Adama. So Adam comes from Adama. This is a play on words, a beautiful play on words of the author of chapter 2, is this recognition that these human beings that God creates out of the dust of the earth are a part of the earth and deeply connected to the earth. They are grounded in his creation as you and I are. We are intimately connected to God in creation and through creation. And this is not a passive relationship. God intentionally brought you into this world as a gift of his love and grace with a mission and with a purpose. We are to work the ground. To work the ground. And that's both naturally and supernaturally. To work the ground. The God of the universe, the God who created this amazing structure, the beauty of all creation that we get to see, the life that is all around us, invites part of his creation, the pinnacle of his creation, humanity, to be a part of the work that he is doing. What an amazing privilege. What an incredible invitation that you and I would be invited by the creator of the universe to participate with him in the tending of the garden, in the plowing of the soil, in working the ground. This is an incredible gift, a gift of God's grace, to be a part of this with him. God doesn't need us for this, but it's his desire. It is out of his deep, deep love that he creates us and that he gives us work to do in his creation, co-creators joining with him. We are to work the ground. Now, another term for working the ground could be cultivation, Cultivation. And cultivation is distinct from creation. How is that? Well, Jesus gives a wonderful illustration of the difference between cultivation and creation in the Gospel of Mark. If you want to turn there as well, in Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 26, Jesus gives a parable and a story. And he starts like this. Jesus also said, this is is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or get up, gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Do you hear the partnership 
happening there? The difference between creation and cultivation. Any farmer knows that he has important work to do, tilling the soil, planting the seeds. But the farmer doesn't stand out in his field after the seeds are planted and look at the ground and go, grow, grow. No, that is not his part of the work. That is the supernatural work of God, working in nature to bring the growth. The growth is God's work. You and I don't grow anything, including ourselves. But we cultivate life. We put ourselves in the right position. We tend to the things of our lives so that God's growth can work within us. So there's a supernatural tending to our souls and to our spirits where God brings growth and life just as there is a natural tending and working of the ground around us so that things grow there as well. You can tend to the sprouts. And when the time is right, you can reap a harvest and then start the process again of sowing new seed. Generation after generation, it applies naturally and supernaturally in God's kingdom. The world that God created and the people who inhabit it are dying for someone to show them the kind of eternal life that is promised to them through faith in Jesus. That is our supernatural work through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us to then work the ground, to work the soil of the lives of others around us, to spread seed. And then when the time comes to recognize when God is calling us to bring in a harvest, a harvest of righteousness, a harvest of souls, people who are ready then to fully receive that gospel and that good news and give all praise and glory to God by placing their faith in Jesus who has begun a good work in them and will be faithful to complete it. We have been called to work the ground. And in order to do that, we must stay grounded. We must stay grounded. Now what does it mean to be grounded? Well, we have values here at Community of Grace and they're values by which we hold and allow us to stay grounded in his work. We are grounded in worship. You're here right now, grounded in worship. And in our values, we say that that's related to Jesus making us family. That's why we worship together. This is a family reunion. I had a family reunion just yesterday with my wife's side of the family, a group that we hadn't seen, some of which we hadn't seen in 20 years just because of the way life goes. You know, you, you get there and you see people and you're like, oh my goodness, we have missed so much life together. There's so many things to share and talk about. We have the joy of a weekly family reunion in Jesus' family to come and be with the head of our family, our Heavenly Father, to worship him, which is just a response to the love that he has poured out on us. To be in that place of worship every week. Now I know I am speaking to the choir. Hi choir. Because <laughs> you're here. But it's good for us to be reminded of the need to stay grounded in worship. When it's such a draw of the culture to just flit away 
to fly away on whatever the latest thing or craze is, to be disconnected from one another and from God. Which leads to the second place where we must stay grounded. We stay grounded in connection. We stay grounded in connection. Deep roots make good fruit. That is a second value that we hold here at Community of Grace. And we call people to be connected to one another in study and in fellowship and in friendship. So that together, as we pray for one another, as we listen and study God's word together, as we encourage each other, we grow healthily. Again, God brings the growth. But we cultivate that growth by staying grounded in connection with one another. Friends, Pastor Angie shared brilliantly last week the importance of friendship and the importance of connection to one another. There is an an epidemic happening in our culture today, and it's an epidemic of loneliness, of people feeling separated, even in the most connected time technologically in human history. People feel disconnected and lonely. We have an opportunity to be connected to one another in deep, meaningful, eternal ways. Let's not neglect that, but let's dive into connection by becoming part of of a group, a connection group, somewhere within our midst here at Community of Grace. So we stay grounded in worship, we stay grounded in connection, we stay grounded in service. Service, which is our third value of love pouring out. We pour out love on the other. And the beauty of understanding the gift of service is that, again, in a society that is more and more self-absorbed and invites us to always be looking to ourselves for the solution, to work on ourselves, to fix ourselves, the invitation from Scripture, the invitation from God, is to connect with Him, but then to see the need of the other We are other-focused. And what we discover when we look towards others in meeting their needs is God blesses us in the midst of that. It's what it means to be blessed, to be a blessing. If we're always seeking our own blessing first, we never find it, and it never feels like there is enough. But when we look to the people and needs around us and seek to be a source, a resource of God's love, And provision for them, God always finds a way to meet our needs in the midst of that. So we need to stay grounded in service. So grounded in worship, grounded in connection, grounded in service. These are three important things and it leads to a fourth. Which is to be the church in the world. And what I believe that means for us in this season of our lives is that we we are to cultivate Hope and grace in our community. We are to cultivate and work the ground of hope and grace in our community. Friends, there is so much pain, frustration, loneliness, and discord and division in our world today. And it has led to an epidemic of hopelessness, isolation, and hopelessness. I was talking with a good friend of mine, someone who you would know from this congregation just the other day, 
And he was talking about his work out in the world and how often the people he encounters are facing terrible circumstances, but worse than the circumstances is their sense of hopelessness in being able to achieve or being able to move forward or to experience joy or experience life. And always at the root of that hopelessness is a disconnection from being grounded in God's word, from being grounded in community, from being grounded in worship and connection and service, to knowing Jesus. That is where hope is found. Hope is found in that eternal relationship with Jesus. It gives us a perspective and an opportunity to to face any circumstance in our lives and go, whatever the temporary is, it cannot possibly match to the eternal hope that we have in Jesus. Amen? That is what we must do. Cultivate that ground. So in that spirit, as we come into this season and move forward, I want to invite you to take a next step with Jesus. There's an opportunity for you to fill out an inventory. And you might say to yourself, wow, that doesn't sound like much of a next step, Pastor. But it's the first step in a journey that we are on of listening, learning, and discerning together as a community of grace. What it is that God wants us to do with the ground he has given us. He's given us literally and physically 15 acres of a campus here, a building and land. But as we know, those things aren't just physical things. They have spiritual implications because of what God accomplishes through the structures and physical elements of this world to place life onto them. You are the life that is a part of this structure. And we want to see and ask the Lord, Lord, is there more that you want to do with this physical ground here, so that we are the best prepared we can be for the next generation of life to come. For the next generation to be linked and placed on that lattice to grow connected to the vine of Jesus. I want to invite you to take some time to fill out that inventory. It won't take you long. There's a link and opportunity to do that. You can get some help out in the comments today if you need help doing that. But take that opportunity and then be prepared for opportunities for the people we are working with to to report back to us, to hear from our community, to hear from those around us about what the needs are, where the places are that we can be those signs of grace and hope, where we can see grace in every corner of our community. Folks, it's going to be a good fall. It's going to be a great opportunity for us to seek the Lord, to listen, to learn, and to discern what he wants for us going forward if we stay grounded. That's the next step. But for some of you today, you may need a first step. Because you may be in that place today where you're saying, you know what, Pastor Darren, I'm the one who's feeling hopeless today. I'm the one who is feeling disconnected. I'm the one who is feeling uninspired or or unuprooted from life and I'm just not sure what to do next my dear friend you are in the right place today we are here as a community to lift you up to love you to hear your story to recognize that you are not alone 
whatever it is that you are facing in this journey, we will face it with you. And if today, as we sing songs and pray prayers and confess the creed together, you're saying to yourself, I just don't know if I have the strength today. Hey, borrow some from a neighbor. Borrow some from the person next to you. Let us sing for you. Let us pray for you. Let us speak the words of the creed together alongside you so that you can hear it and let it ring in your ears so God can do his work within you. What a good way to come into a new, fresh beginning than to start at that beginning by placing your faith in Jesus who loves you and cares for you and desires for you to have eternal life in him that begins now with good work to do in working the soil. Let's do that together, shall we? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today as we step into this new beginning, Father, I pray that those who are within the sound of my voice, who are seeking a new fresh start, who are asking for help, who are wondering where it is that they belong in this world and in this life, maybe have reached the end of their rope or who are coming today saying, you know what, I'm just maybe going to give this one last shot. Oh, beloved, God is with you. Jesus is here for you today. Father, if you would hear the plea of their heart, would you hear the plea of the hearts of those today who are calling out to know you, to be known by you, Would you speak forgiveness? Would you speak acceptance and love and grace, unmerited favor on their lives today? Would you help them to come in to this place of worship, become part of this family, become connected with others, to grow together by your spirit, and then to go and serve others in that same spirit? Lord, do that work that we cannot do in ourselves or for ourselves. And for the rest of us here today, Lord, who have already taken that first step, invite us, Jesus, into that next step as your followers. Guide us, lead us by your Spirit so that we can see the ground as you see it. Work the ground by your Spirit. Plant seeds that become faith in the lives of others and grow into a harvest that you can call us to harvest and bring into your storehouse. We pray all these things, Jesus, today in your mighty name. Together all God's people said, amen and amen.